Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. We thank Kurt Bardella for that conversation. And now we move to a conversation about improving your net worth and your self-worth simultaneously. Who says it can't uh, be done at the same time? Uh, net worth and self-worth can both uh, escalate simultaneously. I'm pleased to be welcomed, to, welcome, I should say, to our studio. The, uh, the founder of Bright Up, Valerie Mosley. Valerie, I'm, you got me nervous already. See, that I'm stumbling on my, on my words. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I am well. I'm blessed and highly favored it's, and happy to be here. It's good to see you. I'm glad to have you in studio. So I said... Uh, net worth and self-worth uh, improving simultaneously. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. Before I do that, though, tell me about Bright Up. I, I, I love the work that you're doing with Bright Up. Thank you so much. Bright Up is a fintech platform, mm-hmm. and our focus is to democratize wealth building and well-being. Mm-hmm. And by democratizing wealth building and well-being, you mean what exactly? I mean that if you think about wealth, it's created by the assets that we own minus the liabilities that we owe. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, we are underinvested for mm-hmm. sure. We don't have enough assets, but we're over indebted. And the debt that we have is highly priced. Mm-hmm. So that gets in the way. So we're focusing on reducing the cost and the amount of capital, excuse me, the cost and the amount of debt that people have, mm-hmm. because that gets in the way and expensive doubt. Mm. And they're both really expensive liabilities, and they hold us back. The former gets in the way of our net worth, and the latter gets in the way of our self-worth. Let me take them one at a time. Um, talk about – now, I'm, I'm lost on former or latter at this okay. point. Let's start, let's start with from the beginning. decreasing debt. Yes, okay, yes, take, yes. Take that one first. Yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, again, we think about assets minus liabilities. Mm-hmm. Liabilities is just your debt. Mm-hmm. And many of us have credit cards, and we're often overcharged. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because most banks and financial institutions use this FICO score Mm. as an indicator of risk. And what science and studies have shown is that it is not the best predictor of risk. And we disproportionately are overcharged. Mm. That's with credit cards. And with auto loans, it's outrageous how... Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. how, how, How much we're overcharged. When you go to buy an auto... Mobile, they will tell you this is what it's going to cost you from a cash flow standpoint. Mm-hmm. Most people don't ask, what is that interest rate? So as a result, and this happened in my own family with my mm-hmm. sister, as a result, you're overcharged. So if within the same FICO band, I've seen a differential between of 10 percentage points difference of what people are charged. And most people don't know you can actually refinance your auto rates. Mm-hmm. You know that you can refinance your mortgage rates. And the reason this is important is because if someone's about to buy a house, if there's a 50 basis points difference in the rate, you'll stand out. And uh, 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 it's very competitive. 50 basis points, 25 basis points. What that means is if it's Mm 7.2% and it might go 50 basis points to 7.7%, that's a big difference. Imagine if it's 7% and then it goes to 17%. Mm. That's the difference Mm. that will show up in the auto space. So we're focusing on democratizing wealth building by starting with what gets in the way, Mm -hmm. because if you can reduce that, you'll have more cash flow, Mm -hmm. which most people need. And that extra cash flow, you can then use to invest or save or do other things. Just because I'm curious, why is is the auto industry, and I'm not naive in asking this, I think I have an idea, but you tell me you're the expert. Why is the automobile, automobile industry so outrageous? 
Because they can be. And because most consumers don't know what they don't know. I'll give you an example. They mainly because they can, they can. And one of our partners happened to be at an automobile financing center. Mm -hmm. And he heard the owner tell the salesperson, lower the price, increase the rates. Mm. So if if he's talking to the person on the sales floor, saying, okay, well, we've got a deal for you. We're going to lower this price, but the rates are going to be higher. They're going to make their money one way or the other. And most people don't appreciate the important question, which is what is the APR you're charging me? And then, and then, and make sure that that's competitive. And if you buy a new car that is, uh, you're buying a new car, Mm -hmm. the automobile companies might lower their rates because they're going to make the money on the actual car. Mm -hmm. But used cars, when you go there, they're making often much of their money based on the interest rate. I'll give you a personal example. My Mm -hmm. sister, Atiyah, she said, Val, I want to buy a car. And I said, what is your APR? And she's like, I'm not sure, but I know I can I can afford $275 a month. Mm-hmm. I said, let me talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. Do you mind? And she's like, no. What is the rate? This was when interest rates were zero. They were charging her 13%, which is outrageous. Mm. So I said to the guy, are you kidding me? Companies rated triple C. I mean, tri- uh, uh, triple low triple B is high yield companies. Mm-hmm. Triple C rated companies, which is the lowest, have better rates than 13%. My sister's credit isn't that bad. Within 24 hours, Tavis, they called back and said, okay, we'll do this at 9%. Mm. 400 basis points just mm-hmm. because I asked. Mm-hmm. And then I say, Vicky or Tia, as she goes by, um, that's the, still too much. She's like, Val, I need a car. So she gets the car, and then she comes back. She, she says, one day, you're going to be really proud of me. Within six months, she refinanced her loan to 3%. Mm. So think about starting off at 13 and ending up at 3. That's a lot of cash flow that families need. And they don't know that they can get it. And so we're on a mission to make sure that more people are represented fairly. And I was in a conversation with somebody yesterday, um, and this ain't the first time you've heard this. um, But there are people who believe, not just believe, it's true. That the minute you buy a new car, the minute you drive it off the lot, it starts to it starts to depreciate. <clears throat> so there are a lot of folk who don't even believe in buying new cars. There's a theory around that. Okay. Yes, it's true. It does depreciate. Um, nowadays, it's it's there's an interesting opportunity. Okay. I just want to throw this out. Give it to me. Yeah. So it is true that as soon as it le- it leaves the lot, it depreciates, right. and some cars depreciate more than others. More people are starting to think about cars as an asset mm-hmm. because there's a company called Toro mm-hmm. where you can rent your car just like you would rent your home. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're going to make off of the rentals more than what you would pay, it can be an asset. Mm-hmm. And so there's an analysis that can be done that says, well, the new car might get a better rate. In general, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, mm-hmm. and I tend to buy used cars yeah. myself. See, that, that's so you're right. <laughs> I buy used cars myself. <laughs> you I'm, are not wrong. I'm laughing because I always, <laughs> I've done this long enough to know that whenever I ask a, a, an expert a question and they give me an answer, I listen patiently and then I wait and say, "Okay, now what do you do?" Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and every time I buy used, yeah, and every time I get to that question, I'm like, "Okay, that's that's what I'm really trying to hear. What do you do, Valerie?" Mosley? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
that. I yeah. do think that there is a world where you can think about buying more than one yeah. and you're renting out the other and you can create an asset, particularly yep. if you live near an airport or yep. near a train station. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So that's 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 a bit about net worth, improving our net worth. I want to talk more about that. When we come forward, I want to connect this, though, to self-worth. Our guest is Valerie Mosley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It does indeed with Valerie Mosley, who is the uh, author of, uh, the author, the founder of, she's that too. <laughs> soon to be. She's that too, soon to be. Uh, see, that was a, yeah, you, you feel that? Wise. You feel I feel that? it. I'm yeah. bring it on. You got to own that, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I said author because I know she's working on something, so I'm mm-hmm. already claiming. Yes. Uh, the Bible says we claim those things that are not, not as though they are. As though they are. So we know the book is on the way. I was, <laughs> instead of author, I meant to say, uh, the founder of Bright Up a financial wellness company, and we're talking uh, for a few minutes here about how you can improve your net worth and your self-worth simultaneously. As I said many times, this audience knows, sometimes the best conversations happen on the in the, in the breaks. I try not to do that because I don't want the audience to miss out. But very quickly, you were making a powerful point as we were just talking off air uh, about love and money and, and, yes. and the link that you see between those two things. And we talk about money, we don't ever talk about love. The audience heard me say many times when we talk about public policy, uh, we don't talk about love. Dr. King put love in the center of the public square uh, around the work that he did. Mandela put love in the center. Gandhi put love in the center. Bobby Kennedy put love in the center. You start talking about love and nonviolence and those kinds of things in politics now, they laugh you out the room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, here you come now talking about the connection between love and money, and you don't mean the love of money. No. Make that connection for me right quick. Exactly. Your financial wellness journey mm-hmm. starts with a self-love journey. Mm-hmm. Because for many, in fact, for most, money matters bring up feelings of anxiety and blame and sometimes shame. But when you're loving yourself along the way, mm-hmm. you proceed with grace. Mm-hmm. And fear has, is a very different energy than love. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am lovable. I'm in this situation. And sometimes things happen outside of your control. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that where you are is not always your fault. Mm-hmm. Right? You, ha- you weren't taught it in school. You probably didn't learn about it from your parents. And if you look at the history of actual wages, the 90% of wage earners in the United States, their wages have only increased in real terms 26% Mm -hmm. over the last 40 years. So it hasn't changed. That's the bottom 90% of all earners. They're stagnant, yeah. In contrast, the top 0.1% is 350% Mm -hmm. up. The top 1% is over 200. But the bottom 90%, it hasn't changed very much, 26%. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the components of the CPI or the inflation rate, over just the last 20 years, things that we, people like ourselves, want to get ahead, uh, school costs have gone up over 170%. Mm-hmm. Medical costs over 100%. Food and energy 60 and 75 percent so on a usage adjusted basis we are worse off most people are struggling so when you realize that it's not your fault when you are loving yourself and when things don't go well when managing money and when managing life that's when you want to double down and reinvest in you and see the worth in you and you can have much higher upside Why, why why is it that for so many of us managing money is so hard. I'm I'm thinking of all the things that we do in life, Mm -hmm. all the pursuits that we have. 
And almost to a person, money is just hard for people to manage. It is. One, you've never, you haven't been taught it. It's not required in school. That's one. But there's another reason that I think is really fascinating. I'd love to share it with everyone. Give it to me. And this is, there was a study that was done, and it's all about epigenetics. This is a science. Mm -hmm. There was a rodent that was harmed. And when the rodent was harmed, they introduced a smell. For example purposes, I'm going to say it's a boysenberry. Mm -hmm. And they measured the brain waves of this rodent who's being harmed. Not one, Tavis, two, three generations later, the mere introduction of the smell of of the boysenberry caused a reaction in this rodent's brain. Mm -hmm. So it's generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So if you think about our communities... If you have anxiety or anxiousness around money, more than likely your mother and father did and your grandmother and grandfather did. Mm. So, you, so, so, you, so it's, you, I'm saying <laughs> that there is some, at a, at a cellular level, yeah. there's some issues that will come up that you just want to make become aware of. Right. And then I'm optimistic. There are definitely things that you can do once you just are aware of the fact like, okay. And we're taught things like, you just talked about the love of money. Mm-hmm. So we were grown up. If you're spiritual and you went to church, there's some narrative that the love of money is the root love, of all evil. The root of all evil. There you go. The, the love, love, the it, love, it, it, not, it, not, not the money, not the money. The, exactly. The love of money <laughs> is the root of all evil. So yeah. we have culturally, we have these teachings that say, yeah. "Whoa, maybe I shouldn't like money," and it's not that you don't. And then we don't try. Yeah. So our mindset is really important. Yeah. Our mindset can be an asset, actually. So we have to become aware of what gets in the way. Let's talk and about that's what, And that's what Bright Up is focusing on. Start with what gets in the way. Right. It's your debt and your doubt. Let's talk about our mindset as an asset in yes. the remaining moments with Valerie Mosley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. All right, Valerie Mose, we got about four minutes left in this conversation. Uh, Valerie's first time on this program, but not her last. Uh, just uh, uh, delighted at this conversation so far. So tell me quickly this link between mindset, how your mindset, as you put it, can be an asset. It can. It's what do you see? Mm-hmm. What has gone well in your life? And that's a start for disrupting the debt, your mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. It really matters. Your mindset can also be a liability. Mm-hmm. And you know it. I'm sure you've met some people who see only what's going wrong mm-hmm. as opposed to what is possible. So when you have that mindset, when you have a setback or a drawdown, which happens in money, mm-hmm. what you see sets you up for the biggest rebound. By way of background, I'm an investor. Mm-hmm. I, I manage a lot of money for a large firm globally. Billions. Billions, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. billions. And I see these parallels between managing money and managing life. And I, along with an amazing team, is on this mission to make sure that more people see it. Mm-hmm. And what you see affects how you feel, and it affects what you'll try. And so the reason this is so important, money matters, because you ask the question, mm-hmm. why is it so hard? We don't often see what's possible. So when you learn how to compound and how compounding interest works, which is what which is what Warren Buffett said is the eighth wonder of the world, Mm -hmm. then you can understand also the power of compounding unconditional self-love, which I say is the ninth wonder of the world. Mm -hmm. And you need that. And when you do that, your mindset will see what's possible and not only what's wrong. 
And that's what we need to make sure that we show people who might be struggling with their finances, even people who have a lot of money have anxiety around it because they don't know where to go. So we at BrightUp, sign up for BrightUp. We're on the app. You can go there. You'll learn a little bit about your mindset as well as if you have debt or if you have other people that have debt. Let's start talking about how we're going to reduce the cost of your debt and the amount of your debt. You've got to take a look at the the amount of income that's coming in and where it's going. Just like we have to be mindful of the energy mm-hmm. that we have and where is our energy going? Yeah. Because after all, we are worth it. It's called Bright Up. Uh, indeed, we are worth it. Um, it's called Bright Up. You can uh, uh, Google it and find it uh, and read about it. Uh, again, uh, Valerie's uh, first appearance on this program, not her last, because you can tell uh, I'm just getting warmed up 30 minutes in with all kinds of questions uh, that, we'll, uh, that we'll unpack the next time you're on this program. Uh, for now, uh, again, it's called Bright Up. Her name is Valerie Mosley, and you'll be hearing her voice uh, more frequently on this program. Valerie, good to see you. It's great to see you, too. You asked a question, uh, again, around that mindset piece Mm -hmm. and how is that related to doubt. If you don't believe, you will not try. Mm -hmm. So if you take a dog that's been attached to a tree and you cut it off, cut off the leash, that dog often won't move because there's... Beyond that parameter. Beyond that parameter. So you have to believe, and the mindset is where it's possible. We'll talk more about it uh, in the days ahead. Valerie, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having us. Good to have you here.